Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time with Sheen. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm saying the lady so what? Nearly forgot about the pow, pow, pow. Yeah, well. I've got away with it. You leave, you leave a little gap anyway as a trap. For me to fall yeah. into, just to try to entice you in, try yeah. to entice me in. Then I look like I'm being inconsiderate. I yeah. look like the cunt again. Yeah, yeah. You know, good power um, I there was this last week. There was two things that I meant to bring up. Where um, under the heading, Delaney was right all along. <laughs> oh, fucking hell! Because. <laughs> Very Is often, this going to be a regular feature now on I the podcast? I think it could be, because yeah. I think very often I am portrayed as the one who is wrong, right? Mm. We all remember your short-lived item that you had on the show called Delaney the Cunt, right? I'm not sure everyone does. You clearly remember it. I remember it. Of course I do, because it was hurtful. Because you started an item on our podcast called Delaney the Cunt. Yeah, you started it, though. Yeah, no, you- I didn't. I just no, told a few stories. You you started the concept of Delaney the Cunt. No, I didn't yeah, ever did. de- label myself a cunt. I told stories that could be interpreted either way. You chose right. to interpret them as me being the cunt <laughs> in these scenarios, right? Anyway. Oh, well, okay. Anyway, you pride yourself on being the logistical king and often in the right. However, over <laughs> the last two weeks, we've seen two surprise victories for me. And I use the language of a contest because ultimately that's what I see this podcast as, a contest between mm. me and you, in which there can only be ultimately one winner. What, Who that winner will be, I don't know. Prevail. Yeah. One will prevail, the other will perish. Exactly. That's what this has been from day one. Uh, and it's gone on for a long time. It may go on well, for many more years. That's fucking interesting, I'll tell you that. Anyway, right. Listen. <laughs> Two things. One, Brighton. Yeah. Now, this was a bone of contention because you know that I've got an affection for Brighton. I love going to Brighton. I used to live in Brighton and I wanted to do a gig in Brighton. And Mm. you were sneering, oh, God, someone wants to do it in Brighton. And in the end, you agreed to put Brighton on our tour, a tour date in Brighton, sort of almost in a patronising way. Like, all right, we'll go to Brighton because Sam likes to go on the pier, right? (laughs) It was like... You were a dad and I was a pathetic child who wanted a day out of the seaside. Kind of. Even though yeah. you knew it was pointless. That was the attitude yeah. you took. Yeah. Last week, you received a message from the, I don't know what he is, the manager of the venue that we're playing there, which I believe mm. is the, what is it, the comedy, c- comedia, I think the it is. Com- comedia, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with a K. Yeah. Not Chlamydia, not the Chlamydia Club, although it no, does sound a different. bit like that. Is that Brighton as well? <laughs> yeah, it's... I'll be right. <laughs> we're playing the Chlamydia, the Chlamydia <laughs> Club. Anyway, because uh, he said, oh, Andy, uh, just to say, do you need any your full allocation of guest list tickets? It's just that we've just sold out. <sighs> Six weeks before the gig, we have sold out Brighton. 
and you really reluctantly had to you had to you didn't want to tell me news you had to because you had to ask me if i needed guest list tickets uh, right so you were gutted about that and in the same week the newsletter which at first i could tell you were skeptical about you thought uh, fucking hell uh, uh, right more, okay I'll, I'll have my right to reply in a moment but more yeah, more, dr- more drain on my time more time i could be watching place in the sun <laughs> He's, yeah, you know, I'm gonna have to get involved in this in some way. Oh. I ploughed forward with it anyway. It's been a tremendous success. I fully expect it to win um, a number of journalistic awards. Newsletter of the Year award on the national and potentially international uh, journalism uh, mm. circuit. I'm, I'm not saying people. Look, it's a bit soon to say Pulitzer, but. Yeah, I have heard people mentioning that word. Yeah. Right, it's a it's a publishing. Two issues in, it's a publishing phenomenon. Are you right? on the Pulitzer forums or something on on the internet? Do you have a look at them? Is that where it's all, is that where all the chatter yeah. is about? It's a, the, it's uh, a Reddit thread, right? Is you, it? <laughs> you, can, you can go onto a Reddit. There's a Reddit just about runners and riders for this year's Pulitzer Prize, for the, for the and people are talking about top five like time machine. The overall newsletter. category is it? Huh? Is that for the overall? Yeah, or no, it's not for a fucking a newsletter, newsletter category. category. That's small fry. I'm not entering that. This is like for journalistic achievement. Right. Um, but anyway, more important than any of the fact, you know, it's all subjective, the quality of it. A lot of people have said it's one of the best things they've read in their lives. That's for them to say, not for us, right? No. The, the, You've the, just said the, it. The, no, well, that I'm just reporting what I've heard other people oh, say. Right. I'm neither saying I agree or disagree. That's not it's not my business. What is my business is the objective results of the newsletter, right? Who cares mm-hmm. whether it's deemed good or bad by the critics and the snobs? The objective mm-hmm. results are it has made us money. People have bought loads of merch because they've cashed in on the 20% discount offer. Mm-hmm. And we have had a surge in sign-ups to the Iron Filing Society. Yep. And so, on both an objective and subjective level, yet again, for twi- that's twice in one week, Delaney yep. was right all along. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. I've got no problem with either of those things. The Brighton show, there's still two tickets left if you're interested. <laughs> if anybody wants to just check there, there are still two tickets left for the Comedia <sighs> Studio Bar, which I believe seats about, I don't know, 32 people. But yeah, we're going to Brighton. Oh, hey, listen, Brighton. right? That is a really prestigious club. I know that club really well, and all yeah. the big comedy acts play there. I'm not they saying do. we're a they comedy don't, they act. They don't play in the the area that we're playing, which is basically the cloakroom. Well, you should have but, got um, a bigger room, because we've, we've sold out this early. There's still about a month to go. Yeah, we, we, we could ask have sold them, maybe... Ask them for an upgrade. Yeah, we've, we've sold 30, I think, so maybe we could sold another six if we'd... Anyway, yeah. right. That, so, yeah, you were right there. Yeah. We're doing Brighton, yeah. Uh, my name... Um, Basically, what you didn't account for was that my name is still qu- quite big deal in Brighton, right? I'm uh, like the name; it goes round. It's like Delaney's coming back, Delaney's like a returning be back in hero. Town. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, so basically, it's just all your mates that are coming. I don't have any mates. I've got fans. No, they're not mates. <laughs> they're not people I socialise with. I don't know anyone who lives in well. I know two or three people who live in Brighton, none of whom are coming. I know the bloke right. who owns the shop next door. I've invited right. him, but I don't okay. think he fancies it, to be honest. Um, it's embarrassing. Yeah, but yeah. he didn't know what I was on about. 
I mean, no, you know, it's like, you go, I do a podcast. You got to get over the hurdle with somebody worse. What the fuck is a podcast? It's Lots like, of podcasts. why yeah, are you yeah, doing? Yeah. Why are you doing that? What is it yeah. about? Why are you doing it? How does it work live? What you're coming with some bloke who's a mate and you're going to sit and talk? No, fuck off, yeah. Sam. You know, but that's why it's easier to sell tickets to people who aren't mates. But it's not just talking, it's singing and dancing as well. I know, I know. Up. Well, look, if you come to the show, you fucking know. But I don't know what your experience of the Sunderland shows was, but I find it much easier to, um, like, fr- some of my friends and family did come to the London show, the Leicester Square Theatre one. And I don't know, I think they were just sort of, they just thought, what the, f- why has Sam had a breakdown? Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So, Sam. Probably. Sam has gone full mad. They didn't yeah. seem particularly surprised, but they thought he's had a tough couple of years one way or the other, and this, it seems, is the he, this is the denouement of it all. He's gone berserk. And he, lost his, he, he lost his talk radio show. He lost his RT show. RT show, yeah. All they, these, that's been rested, to be fair. That's not gone, has it? Yeah, I think lost is a bit of a harsh word. But, yeah, a lot of bad things. And I think now, look at him, he's parading around on a stage with his t- the sleeves of his T-shirt rolled up. <laughs> <laughs> showing off his muscles. Showing off his muscles and pretending to be Jeff Cape. And trying we, to get a peer audience to, to fork out for it. And my mother was in the audience and I think she was oh. probably very worried. Did you get and, any feedback from her? Well, she just said that she thought it was really funny. But I mean, you know, Delightful. she's my mum. You can't. <laughs> she's not going to go, I saw it. You're fucking, you've lost your fucking marbles. It was shit. Yeah. Get help. My mum's not the sort of mum to ever give honest truths like that. No. My mum's the best. main thing in any of my achievements in life, even the ones that I have been genuinely proud of, as opposed to this, right? But, mm. but no, even <laughs> the things that I've been really proud of, my mum always goes to me, oh, yeah, you know, well done. And then she always goes, I don't know how you do it. I couldn't do it. And in the end, I got to, you know, probably into my 30s, and I had to start saying to her, mum... I appreciate the fact that you're being encouraging, but if your only criteria for something being good is you not thinking you could do it, then yeah. to be fair, it's a pretty low bar. Not that I'm cussing my mum, but you were a bit. Well, no, I'm not. She probably could achieve it. You know, the point is, it, it became her only criteria. It would be like, yeah. let's say if I won the hundred meters gold. At the Olympics, yeah. I, I mean, I never could. I'm more of a distance runner than a than a sprinter, right? But let's just say, right? She would say, not like, "Well done, what a huge commitment you are, a tremendous athlete." She'd go, "Wow, hundred meters in that time." I, I tell you this much: I couldn't do it, <laughs> and I'd be like, it's, "Well, uh, that's that's kind of faint praise," is what I'm it's saying. Faint praise. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, I was going to say something. What was it? Uh, fucking hell, it's gone. Yes. Yeah, so well, the other thing was the newsletter. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't tell people I do podcasts. I tell them I do meteorological IT because <laughs> that, that's a, that's a dead end. Just, just tell them it's, that there's something up. to do with weather forecasting, but it's on the <laughs> IT side of things. Because if you say I'm a weather forecaster, they'll want to ask questions about the weather. But if you see, you just mend the computers that does the weather. Yeah. There's yeah. nowhere for them to go. Yeah. So that's my line. Um, the newsletter, Sam, whoa, hold my hands up. I thought the newsletter was a great idea from the beginning. I just right. didn't have any fucking interest in doing it. Right. It was I just a you wanted to leave that to you. situation. I do all the editing on these things. Yeah. That takes up enough time. I thought it's about time Delaney 
fucking stepped st- up. Then he fucking but let's see put him put some in. fucking effort in rather you than just turning up and talking about his wanking habits. Yeah, you fucking do what I thought. So I just stepped back and let well, you get on with it. In and many as ways, I said to you last week, you're doing a cracking job on it. So in many ways, you've done a Brian Clough here. <laughs> you've just stepped back. It was like when Brian Clough would suddenly, on the verge of a big game, just fuck off on holiday on his own or with his wife. Yeah. And he'd know. People would think, oh, is he shirking responsibility? He would know that no. that, in some sort of way, would be the motivation they required to achieve yeah. their best. So you you, you sort of gave me a sort of, you know, here are your wings, now fly. Now fly. It's time for you to fly. You used to edit Heat magazine, yeah. and now you're putting together, some would say cobbling together, mm. uh, a half-arsed newsletter on the internet yeah. for 300 people a week. Time to fly, Sam. I Hang thought. on, a thousand? No, two thousand people. <laughs> two thousand people. Two thousand people. Fucking hell! That Brilliant. is, that's not bad in two weeks. And remember, right? At heat, we were on on a good week. We were flogging five hundred thousand. But you got to understand that was backed by television, like. I mean, it was. It was the biggest money-making magazine in the world at the time, or second biggest in the world, biggest in Europe, right? After Viz. It, it was fucking a colossus, and it was backed by a huge publishing company that advertised it on TV, paid for distribution across the across the country, right? Um, did price promotions, Did spent so much money and time mm. and energy and know-how Teams and teams of people getting it out, 500,000. I think pound for pound, the Cunter Gazette, with its 2,000 subscribers in yeah. just under two weeks, is performing better, I would say, pound for pound, yeah. than Heat Magazine did uh, uh, under my stewardship. This or is the, well, at, this, at its the, peak, the, which was under my stewardship. So Two, two things. This is the, the new media, media landscape. With yeah. which we we prowl these days. Yeah, is that the right word? Prowl. Yeah, we're pre- well. Um, it is for us. Sec- yeah. Secondly, clearly, what you did at Heat Magazine, you're doing it again. Yeah, Whatever it you is, could, what you can you've say, got this, a Brian Clough thing going on as well. This, this feels more like I had a lot of help there, and 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 this feels more like this this content is surviving on its own terms. Mm. Like for instance, you know what? With Heat, if you needed it's more real. If you yeah. needed a sales boost, you would do something like you would reduce the cover price for one week to a pound, or yeah. you would bundle it in a poly bag with Grazia or Closer magazine, right? Or, or you would consider running the Natalie and Bruglia story. No, only to only no. to no was that unrunnable. never worth it. No, yeah, that wasn't the sort of story that you'd think. Well, we can really knock it out of the park here. Yeah. There, there would be other stories you'd have in the draw, but you, it was never worth taking the risk of legal action um, on something yeah. like that because it would cost you more in the long run. Right. So, okay. but there would be yeah. I mean, on, one, yeah. on the whole, you would just do trickery that wasn't editorial. Do you know what I mean? There would be tricks, marketing tricks, sales mm-hmm. tricks that you could do to boost your sales when you're in a big organization. This is not a big organization. This is me and you. We've got yeah. two thousand subscribers in just under two weeks, right? Yeah, and it's having a big effect on all other areas of our operation. Yeah. Sorry, I, w- I got distracted. There. I was responding to a text from my ex-wife, who what does she want? She, she she would like me to go round to her house and take delivery of a parcel between <laughs> now and noon. Why? <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. I'll, she doesn't well, even know what the parcel is, apparently. Are you going to do it? No, I'm doing this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hell. Fuck it now. Jesus. Well, that's so, the life um, of a divorced man. Yeah. Strange um, texts and requests at, at yeah. inopportune moments. Always play nice when you're yeah. divorced. That's what I always say, yeah. if you can. Um, yeah, so this has kind of been the first half of today's Millbag Delve episode, but it feels more like we've been... Um, Lancing some boils, maybe We've getting a few, a, things, a few out things off in the our open. chest with each other. Yeah. yeah, I feel you've been meaner to me than I have to you. What in the past fifteen minutes? Yeah, yeah. I don't think I have. I give you, you know, the credit for coming up with Brighton. I've given dred- you so much credit for up, the news. Dredging up things about the tough, tough times I've had in the last two years. I was just pr- providing Compa- a little bit of background the for work the work I do now unfavourably to my glamorous past. It's uh, it's upset me. I didn't do that. I said it's on the same level as what you did at Heat. Okay. It's just a different le- media landscape that we're prowling yeah. on. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, who'd be a magazine editor now? Fucking not me. I mean, it's not worth it. It's a hide into nothing. Yeah, and you no, don't get paid much either. No. You're better off cleaning toilets, probably. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Shall we look at some mailbag correspondence? Yeah, I've got some good ones, actually. I've, I've got one here from yeah. Glenbow. Uh, it's entitled Dis and Dat Police Investigation. Yeah. And Glenbow is an acting police officer. Oh. He says, as a police officer investigating a fraud, I recently encountered Mr. Dis and Dat Postmaster. I went into the post, post office and said, I'm investigating a fraud where a stolen bank card had been used in this store. Straight on the defensive, he says, I know nothing about this. <laughs> he says, what am I supposed to do? Check everyone's passport when they buy something? Which is uh, a bit of an overreaction, but you know. Uh, Glenbow says, I see that he has CCTV. And I say, do you have the footage from last Monday? How long do you store it for? He just shrugs his shoulders and says, I run a post office. There's lots of cameras. No more than a day is kept. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, As much a bullshitter as a diss and that. And then Glenbow ends with another unsolved cunty crime. Red hot content. Would you like more from your Top Flight Time Machine experience? If so, subscribe now to the Iron Filing Society, our Patreon subscription thing, which will only cost you three quid plus VAT each month. Sam, tell them what you get. You get an exclusive episode of uh, one of the deep dives, which at the moment is the Melchester Odyssey, in which we go through the whole of the 80s annual of uh, Roy the Rovers. You get your Kevin Keegan deep dives a week in advance. You get all your other episodes, usually a good eight hours before the other cunts who can't and be bothered th- you forking get out. all of those advert-free as well, free of adverts such as fucking this one. And you get the knowledge that you're helping to contribute towards this podcast continuing. Because if we don't get enough subscribers, we're fucking it off. Yeah, just remember, we don't do this for the fun. So go to tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings to find out more and subscribe at patreon.com slash machine. Fucking do it. Three quid. You can't fucking go wrong. Jalapeño. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. 
Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Jalapeño. There is a title, that, there is an email that caught my eye, the subject of which is Scarred Chode. Circa <laughs> 1992. Evening, okay. gents, from this Nottinghamshire canter. Enough of the bullshit. I don't know if you're still wanting stories of penis pain. Well, I have to say, Damien, we never asked for those stories. You have imagined that. <laughs> Literally, that has never... We've had a lot of topics, and I'm certain that was never one of them. But I can't fine, remember whatever. that. We've done a lot of episodes, yeah. so it may have slipped in. But Maybe, but no. it just doesn't sound like us. It just doesn't sound like the sort of thing we'd ask. <laughs> Maybe there was a reference to it, and then we yeah. didn't ask for it, but he's, yeah. you know, took it the I wrong mean, way. We've certainly, there's certainly been the subject of penis pains come up for. Anyway, he goes, but this story is when I'm 15, still makes me wince, and I have the scar to prove it. I've never been well endowed. Well, <laughs> very frank. As that comes under the uh, cut the shit just to... <laughs> right. yeah. uh, don't imagine that on um, That's Life or, or Points of View. Damien from Nottingham writes in to say, I've got a small penis. Uh, well, thanks for your uh, admission, Damien, and we wish you all the best in meeting a nice woman for whom size he, doesn't matter. Has he set this in under his full name? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, okay. I, there's nothing saying that we don't have to say his name. So Damien Cook Esquire, he's actually signed right. off. Anyway. Fair enough. I've never been well endowed, and I've been blessed with what one would describe as a chode in that department. For those of you mm-hmm. who don't know what a chode is, um, it's a short, fat penis, a stubby yeah. penis. Uh, so when the myth burst onto the school scene in the early 90s that trimming your pubes made your cock look bigger, I was on it like a tramp on a can of special brew. I wouldn't say it was a myth. I mean, it's probably true. But anyway, <laughs> I cocooned myself in the bathroom armed with toenail scissors and began hacking away. Always going well until I just caught the tip of my foreskin with the snip of the scissors and ruptured a blood vessel or something. Fuck me, the pain was excruciating. Although there was no blood, but I couldn't exactly call my mum. Eventually, I fucking would have. Eventually, (laughs) mum, I've cut my cock. Get some ice. (laughs) Get me a cock plaster. (laughs) Eventually, the pain subsided. And I <laughs> fetch me my cock ointment, mother. It's happened again. <laughs> Eventually, the pain subsided, and I was left with a scar on the underside of my dick, which runs from foreskin 
down for about four centimetres. One minute you're calling it a small snip that didn't bleed, mm. and then you're saying you've got a four centimetre scar. Fucking hell, this doesn't add up. It's like a living, living breathing, ribbed condom. Oh, so the Jesus. scar actually is quite good. So maybe in his love life it makes up for the fact that he's got quite a small chode. The fact yeah. that he's naturally ribbed probably compensates because it gives the, the lady extra pleasure. Or the man, Some, don't know. It gives us something, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it couldn't have done any damage as I have sired three kids. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely happy ending there. Keep it cunty. Viva football, Damien Cook Esquire. Thank you, Damien. I don't think that any kind of scar on the cock uh, has any effect on the production of spunk. I'm not an expert. I've had a vasectomy, but I'm not well, what, an expert. But... What he means is his cock wasn't broken. No, so well, he can still I think, do I think it. The, the cock is quite a robust organ. It's quite hard to break a cock, I think. Yeah. Completely. Uh, yeah, I suppose so. I think he's just done that to show off. He's just sent that letter in just to show off. Well, you don't believe the, him? The, well, I'm not sure, but I think the final line that he sighed three kids is just, I don't know, it feels a bit... Look at me, look at me. But never mind. I've got three. <laughs> what have you got? So I can just imagine him swaggering about his local, boasting about the amount of times he's impregnated a woman. Yeah, with his tight, with a couple of thumbs taped together that he's got between yeah. his legs. There's one here from uh, Brian Jordan, neighbour feuds. When my parents were still together, they'd moved into their new home in quite a respectable area of Stockport. They held a housewarming party, invited a lot of guests. At around 4am, their new neighbour had had enough of the noise and knocked on the front door. He was a nearly retired, very posh solicitor and announced when the door was opened by a hairy, hippie, forky type. He says you'll need a Frank Lampard voice for this bit. The solicitor Mm. announced, My name is Harley Oldham and I wish to complain. (laughs) (laughs) The reply came, I'd fucking complain if that was my name too, you miserable cunt. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Uh, things good. remained frosty until my mum moved out, says Brian. Oh. Christ. So, um, yeah, that's a nice one. We've had uh, someone get in touch called... Oh, he, he's he signed his name as King Dick. Um, this is via oh, the website. King Dick. He, no, it's not about Dick. He goes, as a okay. local hard man, I think... Remember, everyone, we have produced a new range of T-shirts... Uh, you can yeah. choose local hardman or local knobhead. So far, we've sold more local hardman t-shirts than local knobhead ones, which Have I we? was surprised by. Yeah, mm, as a lo- as a local hardman, I think t-shirts are for pussies. As a true hardman, wears a tank top all year round. Bit like me when I was dressed as Jeff Capes. Get the Latvians <laughs> to print a local hardman tank top, and I'll buy one. TTFN, dickhead. I tell you what, he sounds like a hard man as well. He's certainly got a no-nonsense way about him, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, exactly. You're I'm a bit intimidated. Him, I better speak to the Latvians and get that sorted. Um, do you want another one from here? Yeah, if you've uh, got another one, I'm just looking for one as well. Uh, let me just see. Let me just see. There's good ones about lyrics to songs. Lyrics to instrumental film music, because last week we did Grandstand and... Um, we also did Rocky or Johnny films, didn't we? Um, yeah. This one is a lyrics to instrumental film music. I've got one that I sing to Star Wars main theme to wind up the fanboys. <laughs> Star Wars, there was a war. It was in the stars. La, 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 la. Doesn't even scan. <laughs> I bet that really does annoy the fanboys a lot. So well done. 
And then there's another one from Ryan who does it for... We've had a lot of match of the days because there was a great letter in Viz that a lot of people sent sent to us, yeah. which is a classic le- le- Viz letter. But this is a different match of the day one from Ryan. He goes, oh, yes, we're going to win the football. We're going to win the couple. Yes, we're going to win the football. We're going to win the couple. Yes, we're going to win the football. We're going to win the cup. If we don't win all the football, then we won't win all of the cup. <laughs> That's just fair enough. Fair enough. It's isn't accurate. It? Yeah. Here's, here's one from Lee. Uh, it's an anonymous name. Uh, inappropriate homework. My son, nine, had a space project to do. Spent a whole Sunday trying to get him to put a Uranus pun in it. <laughs> no <laughs> a no dice. waste of time. He says, no dice bearing in mind. He calls me an arsehole and a dickhead on a regular basis. This is a nine year old. I like it. Wow. Um, he still hasn't forgiven me for the castle project where the last picture of Legoland's castle, uh, the real one, not the swings, and some cans. What's, what's, what the fuck? After his refusal, I waited till he was in bed and added for a good night's sleep. On a side note, I'm a teacher. Don't worry, it won't even be read, and if we even bothered it, it would raise a rice. This is incomprehensible. This is madness. Oh, this is one of those ones that you've accidentally started... Yeah. reading and it's uh, something's gone wrong with my inbox I can't bloody get And he says I, I recently think... marked two I recently marked two year 11 essays in front of the football with some what he describes as marking lager <laughs> <laughs> I like that that's good when I used to do lots more, more writing than I do now I used to have writing wine You'd sit there with a bottle of writing wine at like nine PM. You had to yeah. write something. I but used to do that. I used similar. to I used to um my last book, when the drinking was bad, I used to sometimes have a bottle of writing whiskey. Oh fucking yeah, hell. If I was doing an all nighter, you know, sometimes if you're on yeah. a big deadline you just think, Fuck this, I have to do an all nighter. And writing whiskey. And I mean, you know, I wouldn't advise this now, obviously I don't drink now, but um there was that Ernest Hemingway used to say, write drunk, edit sober. Yeah. And I wouldn't... Bollocks, in it? I, well, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't recommend it. But that said, there is some there's some logic in the idea that when you're writing, you need to loosen up a bit. You need to loosen yeah. up, right? Yeah. But that, that, that period of looseness lasts for about an hour, hour and a half. And then yeah. once you've gone past that, you're just then into being pissed. Yeah, and, so, then, you know, and then and then you, the next day you get up and you think, right, better edit, better do the old Hemingway. I've sobered up now. I better edit what I wrote, and you read it, and it's fucking insanity. Fucking hell! But you you scare yourself. Some of the stuff you've come out with. Hmm. Anyway, Mark and Lager. He says one essay got a twenty, one a fifteen. Both out of 30. When they revealed they'd submitted the same essay, I pointed out that the twenty mark kid wasn't a knob. <laughs> I'm disregarding this email. If this is the it's Wipe either it complete bullshit, or if the yeah, or if this is the state of modern teachers, then I've, the only I've, thing that rings true is marking lager. I've got a really good it's email. It's it's longish, but it made me laugh when I read it the other day on the toilet. So I started it. Um, I won't say his name until the end. All right, lads, still doing a bit. No, we are not do it, still doing a bit, Ben, as has been well documented. Um, as your possibly sole New Zealand-based IFS subscriber, let me preface this by saying this isn't a disgusting wanking story. It's more of a making a cunt of yourself story. Fair enough. 
good thanks for the clarification i'm mm-hmm. in my early uh, in my early 40s which as you know means i'm pretty much untriggerable anyway but add to the mix a chronic prostate problem and suffice to say my libido did a ttfn dickhead several years ago <laughs> regardless my urologist told me right that it was essential that i made sure to clean out the pipes on a regular basis to help manage my condition did he i've never heard of this i mean i don't have a urologist but it's an interesting interesting one in the knowledge who's your new zealand urologist now listen mate i've had a good look inside your cock and there's a there's a bit of a backup of spunk now that's no good. That's gonna that's gonna lead to complications. You gotta make sure that's cleaned out regular. Yeah? Or you're gonna be really sore. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, mate. It's for your own good. I'm gonna prescribe it. In fact, I'm gonna write it here on a prescription and give it to you. See? It says remember to wink. Anyway, in the knowledge that a hand shandy isn't something that I have a natural proclivity towards any longer. <laughs> I thought, I thought I'd be efficient and set a recurring reminder in my phone to sort oh, myself out once every two weeks. <laughs> this system worked well for some time, although it was m- m- often more of a chore than a pleasure. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> that is a oh, bloody hell. Oh, where are we again? Oh, Jesus. Oh, pain in the neck. The problem came after several months of this system being in place when I was delivering some training on my computer, which was synced to my Google Calendar. I was showing a very nice pair of older ladies how to make changes to their website when a bright chime sounded accompanied by a pop-up reminder on screen that stated, wank yourself off. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't even have a cord for it or anything. No! He'd just written in, wake yourself up. These two old ladies are sitting at his computer. going, oh, yeah, so uh, what you do is, ladies, it's very... Uh, what you do is you go to settings, you open system preferences, and then... Oh, hang on, what's this? Bing bong! Wank yourself up. Oh. I quickly realised there was no adequate explanation for this, so hurriedly wrapped everything up as quick as I could so we could put the uncomfortable situation to an end. It was only later it occurred that they might have thought I was speeding things up to get rid of them and attend to business. Oh, so wait, so right, can we just um, call this meeting to a close? <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> this is unfortunately one of many Fardy the Cunt stories I have, which I thought I'd share. Uh, P.S. Some quick childhood uh, nicknames for you. Disco Stew. Looked nothing like the Simpsons character, but he was a DJ. Wasn't even called Stew. Benny Hill, he and his wife had regular arguments out in the street that often resulted in him chasing after her to try and stop her leaving. Be- <laughs> Benny Hill. <laughs> Beans on toast. A man so ginger and freckled, he was, in my dad's words, more freckled than face. That's your other, That's one of your other podcasts, isn't it, Beans on Toast? Beans on Toast, yeah, me yeah. and my boy do that one. DJ yeah. Beans. Yeah. And I, I take the role of Andy Toast for that one. Give it a listen. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's something else. Um I've stumbled upon another teacher email, which more than makes up for that fiasco of an email that I read out five minutes or so ago. This is fantastic. Here we go. This is from Lee. Uh, don't think there's a category for this. Maybe bored in your job or something. That sounds mm-hmm. all right. Since I used to work as an IT manager in a secondary school, and back then they used to do the end of year exams in the main hall. 
Uh, the desks used to be set out in grid formation, like 12 by 12 or 16 by 16 grid to fit all the kids in. I think, do they not still do that? Standard examination yeah. Yeah. layout, isn't it? The teachers used to have to take turns invigilating the exams and they used to hate it. Boring, silence and nothing to do for a couple of hours at a time. Anyway, I had to go in and offer support on one of the exams because an overhead projector was knackered or something. And I found the teachers walking through the grid of pupils, smiling to themselves. Mm. Turns out they were playing one of their games to amuse themselves. It was called Exam Pac-Man. <laughs> what happens is one teacher starts in the centre of the grid of pupils and the others start in the four corners. The teacher in the middle has to walk around the grid without getting caught by the other teachers or ghosts, as they would be. (laughs) (laughs) They took it in turns, and every time they caught Pac-Man, they earned a drink from Pac-Man after work. If Pac-Man went for two minutes without getting caught by one of the ghosts, (laughs) Pac-Man won instead. (laughs) That's fucking brilliant. (laughs) <laughs> I thought this was genius, but not as good as another game they played, which was called Ugly Kid Battleships. Oh. What, what happens here is two teachers draw a grid on a piece of paper, mimicking the layout of the desks in the exam room, and they choose the five ugliest kids. They would then oh. take turns guessing who their opponent thought were the ugliest kids in the exam. Oh, my God. That is so <laughs> cruel. That it's is cruel, so but cruel. it's fun. Oh Horrible, he God. says, but I can't fault their ingenuity. Great game. Yeah. There we are. Oh, exam of, there was a teacher at my school. I don't know why that reminds me of it, but I always thought she was trying to make some point about my appearance. She was called Miss Blackburn, and she was my mm. biology teacher, and she was really horrible. She didn't like me, right? She didn't like a lot of people, but I felt that she often picked on me, and we were learning about nutrition, and she said, right, what we're going to do is... Um, we were learning about, you know, fibre and protein and carbs and all the different um, oh, all the different yeah. food groups. What's the other one? Pop, fizzy pop. That's the food <laughs> group, isn't it? Crisps. Right. And she went, right, so what we're going to do is, she went, take your, um, uh, you're going to, Sam, I'm going to give you this challenge, right? While the rest of the class yeah. do something else, I want you to work out a perfectly balanced meal that has the right amount of fibre, protein, carbohydrate, blah, blah, blah. Right, from a list of these foods for your breakfast and lunch and dinner. So I go, mm-hmm. all right. And I read it, and she, and then at the end she goes, right, Sam, give us your list. First of all, what's for breakfast? And I said, <laughs> beans on toast. And she went, <laughs> what? And I went, yeah, beans on toast. And I started to go through, because I'd researched it all, like the amount of fibre and all the rest of it, right, in the beans on toast. And she went, I said it, it checks out, Miss. It's got all of the all of the components you need for a balanced yeah. situation. Beans on toast. Who has yeah. beans on toast for breakfast? And I went, <gasps> I went. That's pretty normal thing. She went, Oh my god, what a weird breakfast! And she wouldn't let it go. And I got more and more red faced because I was like, thought she was really judging me in front of the whole class yeah. on my eating habits, right? Ooh. And I was like. I thought, you know, oh, I'm a bit podgy, and she she's trying to make a big deal out of it, and trying to make out that oh, look at look at beans on toast, boy, the fucking yeah. gluttonous pig, fucking stuff in his face yeah. with beans on toast every morning, front of the whole fucking class, and I was going, all right, and in the end, I was going, all right, all right, I'll change it to something else, I'll change it to something else, and no, fine, if, if if that's what you think's appropriate for breakfast, I mean, it takes all sorts. Uh, it's just reminded me of that. I'm really annoyed again now. 
But they're two, they're two elements of the classic English cooked breakfast. There's a lot of argument and conjecture about whether beans belong on there. And if they do belong on there, should they be in a ramekin or should they be, oh, you know, man. floating free? But that's, that's another story ramekin. for another time. Yeah. yeah, fuck that. But Beans on Toast, not only is it a great podcast... It's also a great you know, breakfast. A, a integral part of the Great British Breakfast. Name so here another. we are, and we're, we're ending this episode with Delaney was right all along. To name a more versatile meal than beans on toast. You can have it for breakfast, you can have it for lunch, you can have it yeah. for dinner, and you can easily have it as a bridging snack between any of those fucking yeah. meals. And it's, I, it's I, a classic. I'm hard-pressed to think of another meal that ticks all of those boxes. So there's nothing off, more Ms. satisfying Blackburn, if you're listening. Have you got there's a podcast? No- fucking doubt it. Have you got a yeah. newsletter with 2000 subscribers in just under 2 weeks? Like fuck you have. Yeah. So there we I think yeah, we'll just leave it at that. There's no more to add. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Uh, Thanks everyone. Bye. See you next time. Bye.